Queensland's healthcare system is made up of many disparate, diverse parts. And while that may sound challenging, in practice, it is actually the secret to our success. What works in Mariba may not be successful in the Maranoa, but when we come together and share our experiences, both the successes and where we can improve, we truly shine. This year's showcase shines a light on the power of learning, partnering, and most importantly, innovating to not just break down the barriers between services or sectors, but improve health outcomes for all Queenslanders. Because while every community has different needs, when we work together, every service can deliver the best care possible. Improvement is at the heart of everything we do in healthcare. While there are always going to be challenges and barriers across the system, these projects exemplify how the culture of improvement can overcome anything. Um, hello. Um, today we'll be discussing the care coordination role and how we identified a need for a specific post-acute surgical service to improve the outcomes for our complex surgical patients. Patient flow is one of our primary objectives within our healthcare service. The patient must receive the right care at the right time in the right place, while the organisation has its own key targets that it needs to meet. To explain the inspiration behind the role that we developed, I have to first explain our story, working with patients on an acute surgical unit. As an example, we'll discuss patients undergoing procedures within our more complex DRGs, patients experiencing esophagectomies, complex colorectal surgeries, Whipple's procedures. As these patients enter the post-operative phase, they experience fatigue, pain, lack of sleep, they're recovering with extensive drains, feeding tubes, receiving supplemental nutrition, there's factors affecting their wound healing. Sometimes these patients of all ages fall below their baseline level of functioning. They receive and require extensive MDT input physio, dietitian, social worker, the stomal nurse might need to see them. The patient will need extensive education for their discharge plan to go home, discharging with a new appliance or adapting to a new way of life. But at the time of actual discharge planning, who is coordinating that for that patient? Is it the treating team that initiates it? Is it the primary nurse? Is it the team leader? What discharge information and education is provided to the patient and is it the same information provided to each patient? Is this governed? Who, how can we ensure that each allied health MDT or referral is received and occurs within the appropriate time frame? How do the nurses or medical staff know what processes to follow, how to provide appropriate discharge education? And who has been coordinating these referrals in the background to ensure that they're occurring within our target time frames? Safe, efficient patient flow is one of the health service's principal objective. So why isn't delivering consistent, accurate, comprehensive patient flow education to our frontline staff just as important? We realised to improve the patient journey and patient flow process, we needed to be investing in education about discharge processes on the frontline. A clinical expert on the unit level, not at the HHS level. We thought, wouldn't it be interesting if there was one nurse responsible for coordinating the entire plan for each patient every day from day one of their admission? One person accountable for all of those key questions mentioned earlier, whilst also acting as a discharge process expert for our fellow team members. The team leader nurse now able to focus on managing the ward as our complexity increases. 
the primary nurse able to focus on their key principles of care, while the care coordination nurse checks in with each patient, organising all allied health referrals, organising family meetings if needed, assessing the patient's discharge readiness daily, providing extensive patient-specific bedside education, improving their health literacy with their families, promoting earlier interventions and communicating with the patient's GP or GP nurse at the same time, ensuring the patient is not only at the centre of their own healthcare, but leading it. Imagine the impact this could have on patient and staff satisfaction and patient flow, especially for our complex surgical patients. Through collaboration with medical teams, nursing staff and our consumers, we developed the care coordination nurse role in mid-2020. There is a large number of medical patients that have access to and or are eligible for home services on discharge, as opposed to our surgical counterparts for both age groups. Surgical patients go home, as Leah said, with drains, wounds and feeding tubes still in situ. And unfortunately, there are limited NGO and hospital services for these patients. This is where the care coordination role has been pivotal in bridging some of those gaps. We developed a care coordination reference guide or a manual outlining the ins and outs of all discharge processes and the service that we as a HHS offer. We outlined how to provide extensive discharge education, as well as providing hints on all referral pathways for various government and non-government services. We created an easy step-by-step -step guide for clinical staff to follow when completing complex discharges. We worked closely with our medical education officers and we're now a part of the surgical intern teaching program. We offer education for every surgical intern rotation. As we all know, our interns are our most junior members of the treating team, but for some reason, magically on day one, they're meant to know how to complete every process of a complex discharge and the care coordination nurse now supports them. 100% of our surveyed interns felt more supported in all discharge processes and felt that barriers, were discharged, barriers to discharge were identified earlier with the support of the CCN. We've established a successful care coordination nurse backfilling program, which includes precepted shifts and four weeks of rotating through the role, with 90% of our clinical nurse cohort now completing the role. Because as we know, patient flow doesn't occur just during the business hours. We've improved our relationships with our primary care networks, providing a central point of contact for our GP or GP nurses to contact us to provide specific nursing handover for specific patient problems. We've established a role with the capacity to be transferred across other units. As you can see from the slide for colorectal surgery, the complexity for category A, which are our most complex patients, as shown by the blue column on the graph, and intermediate complexity, category B, as shown by the green column on the graph, is increasing. And in particularly category A, those most complex patients, it's actually doubled since 2021. But with the maximum length of stay for both, as you can see by the blue and green lines decreasing. This is encouraging to see that the care coordination role who commenced mid-2020 has been able to reduce the maximum length of stay by two days in both categories, despite our complexity increasing. We are admitting less minor complexity to our unit, and these patients are now either admitted to our acute surgical unit with a length of stay of 48 hours or less, or outlied to other wards within our HHS. The care coordination role on the unit now provides an outreach service for surgical outliers. This allows for the specialised knowledge of the patient cohort to be accessed by ward nurses who are not familiar with the requirements of these patients when filing a safe and timely discharge. Ward staff feedback is initially very promising on this outreach service. Yeah. 
As you can see from this slide, we have also had gains in reducing the length of stay for our upper GIT surgery for both complex category A and B. And interestingly enough, for category A, our length of stay is decreasing and category B, our length of stay is holding. Again, encouraging data to support the use of the care coordination nurse on our unit. For several months, we have now been trialling our current care coordination model of care on another surgical unit. Through a transparent EOI process, a four-week mentored program, and sharing all of our resources that we developed with relevant stakeholder engagement, we are now proving you need just one engaged, accountable, cl clinically proficient staff member to drive change and improve outcomes. And we are starting to see these changes already. So, with the care coordination role now on two surgical units within our HHS, we have started to look at those surgical patients who could benefit from hospital equivalent surgical care in the community. Initial data shows that several patients were identified and based on a surgical bed costing $1,200 a day, the potential saving over six weeks for the HHS was over $141,000. Where to from here? And how does this all fit together? Surgical patients in the age group below 65 years are having to take time off work to recover with little to no access to any services on discharge. There is a hidden economic impact for these patients. So if we can provide services to support these patients recover earlier and get back to work, then this economic impact has the potential to be reduced. A business case and model of care have been submitted to develop a post-acute surgical services, or PASS, that would initially be across the two surgical units. If the trial, which is due to commence shortly, is successful, then we will scale it across all surgical units within our HHS. The initial model would have a dedicated PHO, clinical nurse consultant, and two CNs offering telephone calls, telehealth consults, and community visits. The clinical nurse consultant would work with the treating teams who refer patients into PASS and would also review outlied patients or any surgical presentations or representations to our emergency department to see if they could be pulled into PASS. All patients identified for PASS would be in consultation with a dedicated surgical PHO. Any patient issues from within the service and or in the community would initially be directed to the clinical nurse consultant. PASS is not intended to be a substitute for HIF. PASS will provide hospital equivalent surgical care provided by surgical nurses with surgical governance in their own homes and place at work. So, the pre-admit space. Our stomal therapy services already see our colorectal patients in the pre-operative space in our pre-admissions clinic. We have now commenced utilizing the care coordination role in this space to see this cohort of patients as well. The care coordination role provides information and education about what to expect in the post-operative phase at a time when the patient can absorb the information and not when they are on the ward, acutely unwell, in the immediate post-op phase. We are already seeing better patient engagement and initial patient satisfaction feedback has been promising. The care coordination role has been able to identify patients pre-operatively that would also benefit from being streamed into the PASS post-operatively. Discharge portal. We are currently in discussions with our IT departments to develop a central repository for all discharge information and envisage building a discharge network within our HHS to strengthen collaboration and research in this area. 
GPs. The care coordination role has already developed some relationships with our GP partners and practice nurses, but we need to continue to lay a strong foundation for the development of collaboration and mutually beneficial long-term relationships with more GPs. We aim to strengthen the capability and capacity of our GPs and practice nurses by providing access to surgical advice via the PHO and clinical nurse consultant, hopefully reducing our surgical representations to our emergency departments. Satellite clinics. By positioning satellite surgical clinics at the northern in Coomera and southern at Tugan sites, we can provide paths for the patients that do not meet criteria for home visits nearer to the patient's home. So, in conclusion, our HHS is experiencing a rapid increase in the numbers of patients presenting to our hospital with acute surgical care needs. And the demand for surgical beds is regularly exceeding our bed platform. Therefore, we have looked at streamlining the patient journey from end to end within our system to provide an integrated model of care. The point of difference with this model is that it supports the patient in the pre-admission space, coordinates the hospital discharge, and refers on to home hospital surgical programs, all while partnering with our primary care providers. Thank you. As always, thank you for listening to our podcast and taking the time to learn about the wonderful work of Queensland's frontline clinicians. To continue the conversation, head on over to Facebook and let us know of any pockets of excellence you think deserve to be showcased. This podcast is proudly brought to you by Clinical Excellence Queensland.